We turn in sacred scripture this evening to John chapter 6. John 6. Read this in connection with the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 28, which teaches us about the institution and the meaning of the Lord's Supper. John 6, let's begin our reading at verse 22. We'll read through verse 59. John 6, verse 22. The day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save that one where into his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Albeit there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread. After that the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They, they said therefore unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, 
Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Thus far we read God's holy and inspired word. May God add his blessing upon the reading of his holy scriptures. On the basis of what we have read in John 6 and the instruction of many other passages of Scripture besides, that we find the instruction of the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 28. Verse 28, question 75. How art thou admonished and assured in the Lord's Supper that thou art a partaker of that one sacrifice of Christ accomplished on the cross and of all his benefits? Thus, that Christ has commanded me and all believers to eat of this broken bread and to drink of this cup in remembrance of him, adding these promises first his body was offered and broken on the cross for me, and his blood shed for me, as certainly as I see with my eyes the bread of the Lord broken for me, and the cup communicated to me. 
And further, He feeds and nourishes my soul to everlasting life with His crucified body and shed blood as assuredly as I receive from the hands of the minister and taste with my mouth the bread and cup of the Lord as certain signs of the body and blood of Christ. What is it then to eat the crucified body and drink the shed blood of Christ? It is not only to embrace with a believing heart all the sufferings and death of Christ, and thereby to obtain the pardon of sin and life eternal, but also besides that, to become more and more united to His sacred body by the Holy Ghost, who dwells both in Christ and in us, so that we, though Christ is in heaven and we on earth, are notwithstanding flesh of His flesh and bone of His bone, that we live and are governed forever by one Spirit, as members of the same body are by one soul. Where has Christ promised that He will as certainly feed and nourish believers with His body and blood as they eat of this broken bread and drink of this cup? The answer in the institution of the supper, which is thus expressed, the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. This promise is repeated by the Holy Apostle Paul where he says, The cup of which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, being many, are one bread and one body, because we are all partakers of that one bread. Beloved congregation in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have completed, looking at Lord's Day 27, the Heidelberg Catechism's treatment of baptism, and now in Lord's Day 28, move into the Heidelberg Catechism's treatment of the Lord's Supper. There are similarities between baptism and the Lord's Supper. They both are sacraments given unto the church. They both are holy, visible signs and seals appointed by God unto this end that they might be used for the strengthening and the confirmation of our faith. But there also are some important differences, distinctions between baptism and the Lord's Supper. Baptism pictures the Christian's initial conversion or regeneration. As the water is sprinkled over the head of the child and washes away the, any filth or dirt that might be found upon the child, so that pictures for us the spiritual cleansing that we receive in Jesus Christ as we are regenerated or quickened with the Spirit of our Savior. 
But in distinction from that, the Lord's Supper pictures something different. The Lord's Supper does not picture for us that initial moment of the Christian's conversion or regeneration. But the Lord's Supper pictures for us the sustenance or the continued nourishment of our souls. The Lord's Supper is something that we partake of again and again and again throughout our lifetimes. And our repeated partaking of the Lord's Supper pictures for us the fact that we need regularly to be nourished with that bread of life which is Jesus Christ. No sooner could an individual go a day without oxygen. No sooner could a person live more than a month without food than you and I could live without regular nourishment from the bread of life. We need daily to be fed. Let's consider this evening Lord's Day 28 under the theme, Nourished with the Bread of Life. First, we'll consider the meaning. Second, the calling that arises out of this. And then third, the blessing that Jesus gives unto us. Jesus testified unto his disciples that he was the bread of life. Verse 35, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. What does this mean then when Jesus testified unto his disciples that he is the bread of life? And what does this mean for you and for me as we anticipate coming to the Lord's Supper next week and having that physical earthly bread broken, and then having the element of the bread and the wine distributed Unto us as a congregation. Jesus identifies the bread here as being the bread of life. I am the bread of life. And when he speaks that way of himself. He is describing himself as being the bread that is alive. That's the bread of life. The bread is living. Though the bread of life is old, very old, for the bread of life is the Word, and in the beginning the the Word was with God and the Word was God, yet the bread of life has not become stale. The bread of life has not lost its flavor. The bread of life is not dead. But the bread of life lives. That's Jesus' own description of himself. I am that bread of life who lives. But then more may be said here about the fact that Jesus describes himself as the bread of life. See, it's not just that the bread is alive and that Jesus lives. But it's more than that. It's the bread that 
gives life. Jesus, as the bread of life, is the source of life. He is the one who grants unto His people the spiritual life through the work of His Holy Spirit. He testifies this Himself in John 6, verse 33. For the bread of God is He which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. We understand that even from our knowledge of earthly bread. If a man is hungry, he becomes tired, lacks energy to carry out the work that is before him, and that man can eat bread. And as he eats that bread, and as his body breaks down that bread and digests the energy that is found in that bread, that man is then given strength to go about and carry out the work that is before him. Well, just as it is that physical bread gives unto us the nourishment that our bodies need to continue through this earthly pilgrimage. So Jesus Christ who is the bread of life. Gives unto us the spiritual strength. That we need day by day. He is the bread of life. Exactly because of the fact that. He laid down his life at Calvary. That's the wisdom of God. That he who gave himself unto death. For the sins of His people is the bread of life. But do you want that bread of life? Do you yearn for the bread of life? Does your heart cry out for that bread who alone is able to give you spiritual life. There's other types of bread, you know. Not just the bread of life, but there's the bread of this earth. The bread of this earth is mammon. The bread of this earth is loving the riches And the pleasant things that are found on this creation. The bread of this earth does not give life everlasting. Jesus Christ only is the bread of life. How easy it is for us. To seek and pursue after the bread of this earth. How tempting it is to the young person. As he thinks about the future and plans. What he's going to do after high school. In college. And beyond. To have his or her eyes set. On the bread of this earth. He imagines to himself, I am going to succeed and prosper as the world measures prosperity and success. I will be industrious. I will work hard. 
And I trust that through my industry and my intelligence, that I then will be given an abundance of the things of this earth. How easy it is for us to become focused upon that bread of this earth. Jesus warns in John chapter 6 about focusing on that bread of this earth. What happens when somebody lives their lives pursuing earthly bread, earthly mammon, and riches? John 6, verse 49. Your fathers did eat that manna in the wilderness and are dead. That's what happens. Do you want? The bread of life. Do you want the bread of life because you sense in your soul your need for this life? Because you acknowledge and confess that you are a sinner who is broken, guilty, and worthy of everlasting condemnation as you stand before Jehovah God and your only hope is in the bread of life? Or are you interested in this bread of life because that's what others do? My parents are interested in this. My friends are interested in this. So it is more convenient for me simply to go along with those who are around me and I will follow these others unto the Lord's table next week and partake of that bread and of that wine. Do we seek it? There are many who are not interested in this bread of life. They hear about Jesus Christ and they have the ability intellectually to understand who Jesus Christ is. And at first they even give a measure or show a measure of interest in Christ. This happened with Jesus Christ as he was ministering unto the saints in Capernaum. He was speaking about, about this bread of life unto the people who had gathered to hear them there. He spoke about how this bread of life gives life unto the whole world. And there was some interest among the members of the audience in this bread of life. Verse 34, Then said they unto Him, Lord, evermore give us this bread of life. It seemed as if they were earnestly Desirous of Jesus Christ. But then how quickly did not their view of the bread of life change? Verse 41. The Jews then murmured at Him because He said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. That moment of interest quickly turned into a distaste. For that bread of life. And they were eager to spit out. That bread of life. Why was it. That they had such a, such a sudden change. Of heart. Why was it that one moment they asked for that bread of life. Lord evermore give us this bread of life. And then just a few verses later. They say unto him. Or rather they murmured against him. 
The explanation is that they did not like the lowliness of the gospel. Verse 42. Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? See, the Jews were only interested in a miraculous and a spectacular Savior. They were interested in one who was capable of feeding thousands with just a small amount of food. They were interested in one who could perform mighty miracles, who could heal the sick, who could restore sight to the blind, who could raise the dead unto life again. But although they were enamored with the spectacular and the miraculous, they were not interested in this lowly Savior, Jesus, whose father and whose mother they knew. Do you want this bread of life? There is nothing spectacular or exceptional about confessing one's faith, following after, and living a life of grateful obedience unto the one who claims he is the bread of life. The world will never praise you, celebrate you, or applaud you for following the one who is the bread of life. Young people will not increase in popularity for worshiping the one who died for your sins. If anything, it will bring about rejection and even persecution from the world. Do you want this bread of life? As Jesus Christ faced the objection of the Jews who had gathered around him and they murmured and complained, Jesus Christ did not use that opportunity to try to put on a false front with regard to the reality of the bread of life. But he continued insisting, repeating time after time, I am the bread of life. Bread, as it is compared unto other Foods is a rather humble food. Not steak. Not fine dining. It's bread. I am the bread of life. How hard the devil would have us to become bored with the bread of life. To lose our interest in that same bread of life which nourishes our souls week after week, day after day. And the sad reality is that when we start to become spiritually 
hungry, we oftentimes do not even recognize it. You see, there's a difference between physical hunger, hunger pains that arise out of our belly, and spiritual hunger pains. As we grow physically hungry, we become more and more conscious of that hunger. At first, it's a subtle feeling within us as our bellies become empty. And then that subtle feeling of hunger intensifies and begins to gnaw inside of us. And then it develops into a sharp longing and desire for food. All we can think about is when we are going to get that next meal that is going to satisfy our bellies. And so it is that with regard to physical food that the hungrier we become, the more keenly we are aware of those hunger pains. But there is an inverse relationship with regard to our spiritual hungering. When we do not eat spiritually for a day, when we starve ourselves for a day of the Word of God, what happens to us? Do we more keenly experience our need for food and the bread of life? Quite the opposite. You skip devotions once. That didn't hurt so bad. Didn't seem to affect my life. Skip it again. Life is busy right now. Many responsibilities weighing down upon me. Skip it a third time and well, now your conscience doesn't even bother you for skipping devotions. The more you starve yourself spiritually, the less you will recognize your need for the bread of life. So Jesus Christ calls us in His grace In His tender care for His people, He calls us. Calling is to come unto Jesus Christ and eat, partake of that bread. Verse 35, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Come, Jesus Christ says unto his own. Verse 44, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. Come. And we are called to come unto Jesus Christ means That there is a separation or a division between where we are at and where Jesus Christ is at. He who is the bread of life would not tell us, would not command of us, come unto me if it were the case that we already were with Jesus Christ. And so there is some sort of distance or separation between us and Christ. 
In what sense is there a separation between us and Christ? We must understand that this distance or this separation between us and our Savior is only from our point of view. From God's point of view, who holds us within His everlasting arms, and who will not permit a single one of His children to fall from His grace, there is no separation from God and His people. The Apostle Paul declares this in Romans chapter 8, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Neither life nor death, powers nor principalities, things present nor things to come, nothing can separate us from God. And so when we speak then of a separation or a distance between those who are the children of God and Jesus Christ, we are speaking from our point of view. It is from our subjective experience as we go through this earthly pilgrimage that at times we can feel so very far from Jehovah God. We feel far from God because of the sins which we commit time and time against God. It is because our God is the righteous Lord. And we are by nature unrighteous. That at times we can be overcome with a sense of being far from God. We cry out unto Him. And it seems as though He does not hear. Come. Come unto me. I am the bread of life. That we want to come means we love Him. You don't come to someone if you don't love them. If you have a history with an individual, and it's a sad history, if that individual has hurt you, betrayed your trust, slandered you, And you don't want to come to that individual. You cower from that person. The one to whom you come is the one whom you love. Whom you trust. What more trustworthy, dependable person is there to come unto than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Come and partake. Partake. That's what we hope, plan to do next Sunday, God willing. Partake of the Lord's Supper. It's necessary that we partake. We don't just come to the Lord's Supper to look at the bread and at the wine. We come to the Lord's Supper to eat of the bread and drink of the wine. Consider a scientist who is studying bread. 
May I be able to take that bread and put it under the microscope, examine it very closely, study the properties of bread. You might study and be well versed in the components, the ingredients that make up the bread. You might be able to give you a lengthy description of how that bread is broken down by your body. How even as it enters into your mouth and has contact with saliva in your mouth, already there the body begins to break down the bread. How that process of digesting the bread continues as it enters your stomach. Scientists might be able to tell you many things about that bread, but consider that that scientist is starving. He's hungry. All of that knowledge about that bread does that scientist nothing apart from him picking up that bread, bringing it to his mouth, eating and chewing that bread. Come and partake of the Lord's Supper. The way in which we partake of the Lord's Supper is by faith. Jesus says, John 6, verse 35, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. There's a parallelism in this verse. First he says, Jesus says, He that comes shall never hunger. And then he says, He that believeth on me shall never thirst. What Jesus Christ is teaching us here is that the way that we come to Jesus is by believing in Jesus. Come and by faith believe that Jesus Christ offered His life on the cross to pay for your sins. Come and by faith believe that Jesus Christ did not leave one sin outstanding on your account. Come and by faith believe not only that Jesus Christ has made full satisfaction for your sins, but also That He has imputed unto your account His righteousness and holiness. Come and believe that as you partake of this bread, God the Father views you as His child, precious, elect, chosen by Him. Come and partake by faith. Partake. For this is the means of grace that God is pleased to, to, pleased to give unto His church. What a wonder that happens when we who are Christians come and partake of the Lord's Supper with a true and living faith. God is pleased to use this very earthly thing. Something that Of itself we do all the time in our daily lives. Eating and drinking. 
And God is pleased to use this earthly thing to teach unto us the reality of the kingdom of heaven. He illustrates for us a spiritual reality. It's a reality that we cannot see with our physical eyes. It's a reality that we cannot hear with our physical ears. Something that we cannot touch with physical hands. And yet, God uses the earthly means of partaking of the Lord's Supper to teach unto us that spiritual, invisible reality of the cleansing away of our sins with the blood of the Lamb. So we ask, with the Jews of old, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? And our answer is, Yes, this is Jesus, whose father and whose mother we know. We know his mother, Mary, a virgin who was never with a man, and yet who conceived by the work of the Holy Spirit within her. We know the father of the bread of life. For He is our Father who dwells in heaven, who loves us with a paternal love, who cares for us, and who supplies our every need. Yes, I know this Jesus, and I am not ashamed of Him or of His Salvation. What a blessing then. That God grants unto us in the Lord's Supper. He gives unto us the blessing of being satisfied. Spiritually satisfied. The one who comes unto Jesus Christ will never hunger. And he that believes on Jesus shall never thirst. Jesus Christ is not promising here that the one who has faith in Jesus Christ is not going to have any difficulties upon this earth. He is not saying here that the one who partakes of Christ by faith will never experience pain or sorrow or heartache or loss. It's not a promise that one will not have bitter disappointments and struggles Upon this earth. But the promise. That Jesus Christ gives in his word. Is that the one who partakes by faith. Will never hunger. And never thirst. Spiritually. He gives unto us the grace. Of contentment. An inner spiritual peace, the virtue of having my inward desires be in conformity with the outward reality of my life. Then as well, as we come to the Lord's Supper and partake next week, we are confident that we become 
according to answer 76 of the Catechism, more and more united to His sacred body by the Holy Ghost who dwells both in Christ and in us. So that we, though Christ is in heaven and we are on earth, are notwithstanding flesh of His flesh and bone of His bone. Our coming to the Lord's table is an expression of the unity of the faith that we have. And God is pleased to use that more and more to unite us unto the body of Jesus Christ. He uses this Lord's Supper to give unto us a taste of the joys that we will experience in heaven. He gives unto us the ability more and more to let go of the mammon of this earth and to seek Jesus Christ and His righteousness. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father and our God in heaven, we yearn for that day when, when there will be no more sin. There will not even be the possibility of falling into sin A day when we will be brought into the glories of life with thy son Jesus Christ. But until that day, we pray, Father, wilt thou continue to sustain us by the means of grace. Go with us throughout this week of self-examination. Humble our hearts. Bring us, Father, unto thy house next week Sunday according to thy will. For Jesus' sake we pray this. Amen.